Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Holy crap, it's here. This has taken me seven months of my life to complete, and I am super pleased how it turned out. What is Miguel talking about? It's my new book, Expat Secrets. You're going to be able to find it on Amazon right now. Let me just give you the full name of the book because I think it says a lot, okay? Expat Secrets, How to Make Giant Piles of Money, Live Overseas, and Pay Zero Taxes. Boom. I really like that. Basically, the book breaks down everything you need to know for leading an international life. This is timely information and modern, and it's a fun read. You can buy your copy right now by going to Amazon and searching Expat Secrets. This will really help support the show to grow. And if you want to be an awesome human being, what I want you to do is leave the book an honest review on Amazon. It actually makes a huge difference to new authors like me. Seriously, I mean this. Please get a copy of the book and please leave the book a review. It's just good karma. Okay, enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everyone, I am super, super excited. I have a very, very close friend of mine on the line today. I've shared many nights drinking red wine, talking about entrepreneurship, investors, Tony Robbins, lots of really, really interesting stuff. She is an amazing individual. She comes from the Philippines and lived over in the Middle East close by my place. She has a huge Instagram following with over 11,000 people and has now moved back to the Philippines to open a yoga retreat and resort. Please welcome Clara de Herrera. How are you, darling? Hi. Hi, Mikhail. It's nice to be on your show. Hello to all your listeners. So glad and so excited to be here. We're very, very glad to have you. Clara, why don't you just start by taking two minutes and just kind of tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. So I was flying as a cabin crew for almost 15 years. So basically, I was an employee for for almost half of my life. And then um, months ago, I resigned as a cabin crew to pursue few businesses, few business ventures. Uh, first being the one that you mentioned earlier, it's hotel resort in the most beautiful island in the world, in Palawan, in the Philippines. And at the same time, I am also putting up a skincare company with my, one of my close friends. And I am also doing a food service. It's a keto diet. If anyone has heard about it, a vegetarian keto diet meal delivery service. Sounds like you have a lot on your plate right now. Well, I do, but I'm having fun. Like what I tell most of my friends, I'm 
much busier now than when I was employed. And I like it. I like it. A lot of people would think that when I resigned, I would have a lot of time. But no, usually I would sleep four to five hours a day only because of the ventures that I'm putting up and because I've been really studying and investing on educating myself with a lot of things for businesses that I'm putting up. So with the three businesses that you have going on right now, are they all kind of in line or are they completely separate endeavors? They're separate endeavors. Yes, they are. Because I really think about the resort that you're putting up. I know that that's been a lot of work you've put into that. Yes. We've been conceptualizing it since 2016, and now it's coming to pieces. And our target opening, soft opening, will be first quarter of next year. First quarter of next so year. I'm just really excited about yeah. it. And do you have a, a room reserved for me yet? <gasps> oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well. <laughs> well, I went to saltandskyresorts.com today, your website, and I saw some of the videos and the pictures of the island. Yes. And oh my God, it just is so stunning looking. I was well impressed. Like what I tell everyone, I have been to a lot of places all over the world because of my previous job. But Palawan the Philippines, if I wasn't building a business there, I wouldn't go there. Just because it's near me. I would rather probably explore other parts of the world than go to Palawan. But when I was there, it's stunning. It's amazing. And I'm not saying this because I'm putting up a business there. But almost all bloggers and ratings from TripAdvisor they only say one thing about Palawan. It's the most beautiful island in the world. So why not put a business there? Absolutely. Well, after seeing the pictures, I can understand why. So let's hone in a little bit on the business. Can you explain exactly what it is you're going to be doing? Because it is a little bit unique. Right. Yes. Okay. So the resort is five minutes away from Nakpan Beach. Nakpan Beach is one of the most beautiful islands in the world. This is according to TripAdvisor.com and Condonance Traveler. And it's divided into three parts, actually. There's one that caters to budget travelers. We have a capsule hostel, what we call a capsule hostel. Capsule hotels, it's inspired by the capsule hotels in Japan. If you have time, try to Google the images of the capsule hotels in Japan. I've stayed in one. It's a unique experience. It's like a room sharing, a dormitory, but you have so much privacy. There's so much space. So that's for our budget travelers. And second, we have the private rooms. And we also have the villas. The villas going to be able to accommodate three to four persons in a pool view. And at the same time, we're going to make sure that each corner in the resort is Instagram worthy. <laughs> well, I've followed your Instagram for a couple of years now. Yeah. So I can see that you have an eye for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> If anyone wants to see what we're talking about, you can go to vegan yogi underscore Clara for her Instagram feed. And it's mostly centered on yoga and a little bit of vegan cuisine put in there as well. Yeah, speaking of yoga, the resort is also going to be centered on holistic well-being, on wellness, because there's a silent area in the resort. Far from the pool, from the bar, from the restaurants, it's a quiet area where the yoga center will be. We'll be conducting yoga classes there every day. We'll be conducting yoga retreats there and possibly yoga teacher training. And then there's also going to be a spa nearby and an organic farm. 
because that's what we're trying to promote as well, sustainable living. So sustainability, yoga, and vegan cuisine. I'm noticing a certain theme here. I'm starting to get a better picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> so talk about a little bit of the business side. I know that you needed to raise quite a bit of capital yes. to put your dream into action. How was that? What was that like? Well, first of all, the capital required for the resort is very significant. It's significant. It's around, okay, I'll be, I'll share the capital investment. It's 68 million pesos. That's around 6 million dirhams. That's around one point. $1.4 million. About $1.3, $1.4 million. Yeah. And to start a business with that much capital, it's a challenge to get investors to finance the business, to raise capital, but with a strong mindset <laughs> and with a lot of grit. I don't know if you've read the book, something about grit. Grit is, you know, having the motivation, despite all obstacles, passion, and perseverance. With a lot of that, we were able to raise the capital required for the resorts. And what did we do? Okay, first, we signed up in angelinvestment.com, angelinvestmentnetwork.com. Mm -hmm. Second, we also promoted the business to our friends, families, and to colleagues in my previous airline. So I have a lot of that. I have a lot, a lot of investors from my previous airline. And we also took a loan from the bank to finance the business. So you put in a little bit of capital from institutions, a little bit of friends and family, like low-hanging fruit, and then a bit of crowd surfing from things like angel investor. Yeah, crowdfunding. Yes, that's correct. So there, so like what they always say, don't be scared. <laughs> Fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. <laughs> it seemed intimidating in the beginning. <laughs> well, it's still kind of intimidating now because we haven't started yet. It's still under construction. We haven't started it yet. Still intimidating, but then again. So how far are you through construction on the project? Okay, um, monumenting and staking was done already and the cleaning of the entire property has been done already. And this month we're going to start the fencing, the groundbreaking, and then from there we're going to start with the first phase of construction, and then we'll be ready for soft opening this quarter this year. And at the moment, you're living in Manila, right? Yes, I am. So how often are you going over to Palawan? I go at least one week every month. One week of every month. And do you feel like uh, living remotely from the project site, you're still able to keep an eye on things, that you're still able to make sure things are progressing as you wish? Well, first of all, the builder is my trusted friend. <laughs> He's like a really good friend. So I trust him. And at the same time, I'm also going there to check on things. One of the challenges to live in Manila, and well, at the same time, the project is under construction. But I do keep an open communication with our builder just to make sure that on top of things, even if I'm living far from Palawan. I'm just trying to get an overall picture because we do have so many people who are living in different countries and have projects or real estate yeah. um, in other parts of the world. Right. I just want to know some of the tips or tricks or things that they can keep in mind if they're starting a new project and they're not going to be on site. Yes. Exactly. I'm very excited to share this book with you and I hope you get to read it soon. The title of the book is Lead or Bleed. Lead or Bleed. Yes. Okay. It's by Rajiv Talreha. I've met the author 
and I'm attending one of his trainings this January. What is the book about? It's about building your business without being in the business. It's about controlling a business, putting up a business, a very profitable and scalable business without you, without the business owner, trying to micromanage all aspects of the business. So there. First step for that, that I've learned from the book, is you have to hire a really good team. They say the best and successful people hire the best people. So how would you go about making sure that you're hiring the best people? Well, of course, you check their qualifications. You make sure that you, they are committed and they are competent. You cannot only hire someone who is committed but not competent or hire someone who is competent but not committed. They have to be both, right? And at the same time, you have to build a system that's simple and sustainable. Not just a simple system, but also a sustainable system. Something that's going to go on for a long time and something that's going to be able to operate even with, a, let's say, with a lot of changes, in the business, in the market, and the trends. So being flexible to external sources yes. and not having rigidity in your plans. Yes. And according to Robert Kiyosaki, how do you build a successful business? As a capitalist, you leverage on other people's time and talent. That's why we try to make sure that every person that we hire in the business are the best ones. Okay, so give me some examples of some things that you've decided not to learn mm -hmm. and that you're going to be outsourcing to other people. Because I want to see the difference between the things that you feel like are worthwhile you learning and specializing in and other things that are good for other people to be the specialist in. Right. Okay. So for example, corporate law. It's good. I read a lot about corporate law, but I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I made sure that our company is backed up by the best litigation lawyers, the best corporate lawyers in the industry now. They're Stanford graduates. And at the same time, I know accounting, but we hired the best people in the accounting field as well. At least that's what I try to do. So it sounds to me like you have an understanding of something, yes. but still at the same time, you outsource it to someone else. I guess that would give you the advantage to be able to know what to look for when bringing people into the business. Exactly. Like for my other company, I'm the president and CEO. Like what I mentioned, I cannot go to each department of the company and micromanage it. I have to be able to oversee the functions of each department. What's important in my role is that I develop and monitor the performance of the leaders of each department instead of micromanaging each department. So at least I, like what you said, I try to make sure that I have an understanding of each department. But then again, there will be good leaders and managers for each department. And I suppose coming from an aviation background, you have quite a bit of experience mm -hmm. in managerial and leadership skills. Well, yes, I do. But you know what, Mikel? The difference between being a manager in a company that you work for and being a manager for the company that you own, I felt there was so much difference. Because like for my previous airline, yes, I was a purser, a cabin manager, and I would manage a team of people. But these are people that the company hired. 
And I'm just there to manage them for the time being. But if you own your own company, or you are the one hiring the people, and at the same time, you are going to be the one to manage them. So it has to be a balance of both. You have to have a good eye on hiring people. And at the same time, you have to be able to lead, not only manage, but really lead your people. So with people that come onto the company, mm-hmm. is this something that you do yourself or do you outsource the HR to someone else in the organization? Well, we outsource, but at the same time, let's say for the resort, the housekeeping department, we outsource that. But for the key positions, let's say a resident manager, I don't outsource that. We don't outsource that. We make sure that the co-founders and I are the ones who are hiring the key positions. And then it's a consensual basis between all the founders of the resort. Yes. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Clara, we've just been talking about some of the skills or responsibilities that you have an understanding of, but you actually outsource the work to someone else. What are some of the things that you would actually do yourself that you would not want to outsource to a third party or to one of your employees? So, as a president of the company, I made sure that we have good investor relations. And that's a skill that I've been trying, I've been really trying to to practice and hone every single day. I make sure that every question Every um, every detail, every nitty-gritty detail is asked. And I don't make empty promises to investors. But I make sure that every question, if they, they shoot at me, <laughs> technically, that they, that whenever they grill me, I have an answer to that. I have a valid answer. I have a realistic answer. Not just, I have an honest answer. Not just to convince them to invest, but to actually make sure that they're satisfied with an answer and they are with me in the direction that I want to take the company to. So this is perfect. So you spend a majority of your time on building your network and cultivating the relationship with the people who have invested in your company. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe in the future, if people wanted to do something that you're doing, maybe you would suggest to them that they should be really working on those networks and on communication? Yes, Definitely. If you're a business owner, they say you also have to be good in people skills. It can be an anything online or it can be something, a business offline. But at the same time, your people skills have to always be there. Because let's say you're a good inventor, really good inventor. You have the most outstanding, amazing invention in the entire world. But what's going to happen to your invention if you cannot market it if you don't know how to make people aware of your invention it's going to be useless you're just going to be the only one it's not going to help anyone exactly so you're just going to be the only one who's going to benefit from your invention so it's not going to contribute anything to the society so it's the same thing if you're a business owner it's not enough that you know um, accounting you know corporate law you know probably HR, all these things, and finance, all these things. But most important is you have to be able to cultivate your relationships and you have to have a network 
So if people really want to focus on communication and building out that network, what's something that they could start taking action on today? What do you think that they could do today to start growing that list of contacts? All right. Let's start with a basic one. I think it's always space to be honest and sincere in whatever we do, right? Because people are going to see through you. If you always have this ulterior motive and you always have an agenda with people, they can feel that. They can see that. But only practice honesty and sincerity first. Going to people, talking to people without any agenda. Just to really listen and be with, with the people. You know, Enjoy each moment. Be present at each moment that you're with people. And then they can see. They will be able to see your sincerity. If you really want to build your network of people... Attend seminars. Attend seminars um, where you will meet like-minded people and then cultivate relationships from there. And you will feel it. You will feel it when you're with friends. Do you believe that your time is your most precious commodity? I know that my time is the most precious commodity. I've had money come and go and I've never got a minute of my life back. Trading time for money is a surefire way to keep you poor. Now, at some point in our lives, we do need to do this, but the sooner you can stop that hourly wage and you can leverage other mm -hmm. people's time and use your information and your decision-making, the faster you are going to go to wealth. That would be my opinion. Exactly, exactly. Even, I think, professionals, say a doctor or a dentist, and they might have a very nice income, maybe a half a million dollars a year, unless they actually own the, uh, the clinic that they're working in, if they're an employee in someone else's clinic, there's always going to be a cap on how much they make. Exactly. Now, if they take more of an ownership role and behind the scenes and perhaps don't do, say, crowns or fillings or something if you were a dentist, but mm -hmm. manage and open up shops, then really there's no limit to how much you could make and you're actually just marketing other people's expertise. True, true. And in relation to that, if you want to build a network, uh, a strong network for your business, then make sure you use your time wisely. You spend your time wisely with people, with like-minded individuals. Instead of constantly going out with people who are mostly interested in gossiping or the, let's say, online games. You know, I mean, nothing wrong with that, but... It's your commitment to yourself to make sure that you're spending your time wisely. If you are really in that direction of growing a business, of being an entrepreneur, making it big and making it successful, then use your time wisely. That makes perfect sense. And honestly, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm -hmm. So one of the points that you just mentioned was going to conferences. Now, I mm -hmm. saw on Facebook this week that you just got back from the National Achievers Congress yes. with Mary Buffett and Pang Jun. How was that? I really want to hear about oh. this. Yeah, I, you see, I'm still excited. <laughs> trying to recall. <laughs> I'm trying to recall that day. Yes, Mary Buffett. And she, she's very insightful and imagine sharing this knowledge, her knowledge that she got from Warren Buffett. Because she's the daughter-in-law of Warren Buffett. Daughter-in-law of Warren Buffett. That's right. I thought so. <laughs> it's something that I'm going to be able to use for a really, really long time and apply for a really, really long time. 
And then Peng Jun, such an inspiration. How old is he? He's 20 years old. For those who don't know, Peng Jun is the world's leading online marketer now. He has over 1 million followers. And just try to follow his Facebook page. He's actually part of my morning routine. Every morning, I wake up, say a prayer of gratitude. I do my morning affirmations and visualizations. And then after that, while I am having my detox drink in the morning, I listen to Peng Jun. And he has all these motivational videos. Even if I've heard most of them, I still repeat the videos that he's posting on his Facebook page because they're very encouraging, very practical, very practical advice on business, on life in general. That's amazing. So do you think that having a set morning routine is part of the key to your success? How important do you think it is? Very, very crucial, very, very important because when you, the first 10 minutes of your day, it's what's going to set the tone of the rest of your day. If you start the morning complaining, trying to press the snooze button 10 times until you're not able to get up on time anymore to do the things that you have to do, that's going to set the tone of your day. And it's going to reflect the way you deal with people for the rest of your day, on the way you do your work, your business. It's going to reflect on everything that you do. But if you wake up feeling excited about the day, feeling grateful for waking up, for having a roof over your head, and having good visions in your head, and telling yourself that you can change the world, <laughs> that nothing is impossible, you know, you can, you can, you can, and keep on motivating yourself for the next 10 minutes of your day, it's going to change the rest of your day. So how long have you been doing a process like this in the mornings? Oh, for quite a while now, for two years, three years. And did you see a difference immediately or was this something that was kind of long-term to see the benefits? It's a steady progress. It's a steady progress. It has helped me in a way that it has changed my mindset so much on different things and all aspects of my life. And to build a business, I believe the key factor there first is to have a strong mindset, really strong mindset. Well, we've been friends for a couple of years, Clara, and I can say without a doubt, you are one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. You really have that mindset figured out. So I think the morning ritual, I think that there's really something to that. Thank you. Thank you. And that's why we're friends, because we have the same mindset. You Absolutely. know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Absolutely. <laughs> So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about where you want to go in the future with the resort and with your businesses. Where do you see yourself, say, in the next year and the next five years type of thing? Right. In the next five years, we are working on making sure that the company for the resort is publicly traded. And for each year, starting next year, we're going to make sure that there is two to three international franchise every year. And uh, in 10 years, then we make sure that uh, we have our own airline to transport our guests. So you're going to be able to leverage your 15 years in aviation mm -hmm. and then couple that with your passion and yeah. uh, try to merge the two. That's incredible. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> 
at least I still get, I'll still be able to get to see planes, live and breathe planes. <laughs> okay, so Clara, mm-hmm. what is one big aha moment that you had as an entrepreneur? Well, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I have a lot of aha moments because it's part of being an entrepreneur. So give me an example when things just clicked in your mind and you just made a connection all at one time and, and kind of what that looked like. It was when I started doing yoga and then I just wanted to go for a retreat, a proper retreat house in the Philippines. And I wanted to be affordable and at the same time really feel that it's a sanctuary and not boring because there are businesses like that in the Philippines already. But it's what I'm looking for, something affordable, something that's not boring. And at the same time, it's still going to put your sanity intact and it's just going to make you feel connected to the whole universe. So that was my aha moment. Why not build something? If you're looking for that, why not build something? So did you do any type of market research to figure out if this was just something that made sense to you or if other people are searching for this same thing? Yes. I went to yoga forums in the Philippines. And this one of the ways to find your niche market, right? You go to forums and then, so I went to yoga forums and then I read that there are actually yogis in the Philippines who are looking for that kind of retreat center. That's when I decided to go to India, take a proper yoga teacher training course. And then after that, I collaborated with my friend, who's also my business partner and co-founder in the company. And then we started conceptualizing the resort and the whole project, visualizing the project. That was one year ago. And now we're here. So a lot has happened in one year from that one aha Aha moment, moment. that one click in your brain. And you've gone from living in the Middle East to back in the Philippines, from being cabin crew and managing an aircraft that might have, say, 500 people on it, to now opening a yoga retreat. That's incredible. That shows me that you fully believe in this, that you're really committed to it, and you really followed your dreams. (laughs) Definitely. I can... Fight for your dreams, and your dreams will fight for you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that very much. Just going to take a quick break. Okay, new book is here. It's called Expat Secrets, How to Make Giant Piles of Money, Live Overseas, and Pay Zero Taxes. This book took me seven months to write and publish, and it's a culmination of some of the best stuff I've learned over my 20 years living as an expat. I cut out all the crap and tried to give you the real meat with this book. If you ever wanted to live overseas, or if you are already living overseas and you want to take things to the next level, to legally reduce your tax bill, to live a more international life, and get the best of everything planet Earth has to offer, then you must go to Amazon right now and purchase your copy of Expat Secrets. Pause the episode and go take a look. It's cool. I'll wait. Seriously, you guys are going to love this. Enjoy the book. So... In the future, what are you going to be teaching your daughter, Bella, that you really want to focus on? What skills or traits do you think are going to be most important in, say, 15 years or 20 years when she's closer to our age? You know what? At 10 years old, because she sees me reading a lot of books, 
a lot of books on spirituality, books on business. So one day she just picked up the Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm, Robert Kiyosaki, of course. And she's really enjoying it. And the next book that she's going to read is Lead or Bleed. The one that, that I mentioned. The one you were ago. recommending to me, absolutely. Yes, yes. And it's amazing how we as parents just set an example for our children. The small things that we do that we might think are ordinary, but children, they watch and they repeat and they copy. So if there's one skill that I would really want her to cultivate and practice, it's the value of reading, reading and investing on herself. I think the first day we met, I had asked you, oh, do you know Tony Robbins? And you're like, no, who's that? I was like, oh my God. Okay, you've got to come over and I've got something to show you. (laughs) (laughs) And then from then on, we just exchanged our books, our insights and books in there. Absolutely. Um, So there, (laughs) amazing. So there, if there's one thing that, uh, one skill that I would want her to develop, it's to get the habit of reading and invest on herself because, you know, how can you add value to the lives of other people? How can you give impact or make an impact to, to people and to the world if you don't add value to yourself? This is in terms of business, okay? And possibly life in general, but if you don't have add value to yourself, if you don't invest in educating yourself, if you don't invest in adding knowledge and adding wisdom to yourself, how can you possibly add value to others. That makes perfect sense. So do you think with your daughter, are you going to encourage her to be an entrepreneur as well? Or do you want her to go on to university and become a doctor or a lawyer like a lot of other parents? Well, nothing against the traditional education. I still want her to finish school. But at the same time, I am training her to become an entrepreneur already. Actually, you know what, Mikkel, she has a business already. Does she now? She has an ice cream business. Now, this is something I want to hear about. I want to hear about this. 10-year-old with an ice cream business. Amazing. business. Okay. So how does she do it? Every time she goes to school, she asks her friends. It's a personalized, customized ice cream. Like, she has one classmate who asked her to do a cotton candy-flavored ice cream with lots of jelly belly in it. Sounds very sweet. (laughs) So do you help her make the ice cream or is this something she's responsible for herself? Initially, I had to help her and then helping and training her. I helped her and trained her at the same time. I showed her how to do it and now she can do it on her own. And there, so every day she asks her classmates if they have any personalized and customized ice cream that they have in mind. She makes them sign in this order form so she's sure that they're really going to pay her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then once she arrives from school, we buy the ingredients, we make the ice cream, and then the next day before their dismissal, their class dismissal, we deliver the ice cream and she collects the money. And I always tell her that the money that she earns from that, she's not going to use it for short-term gratification. Okay, Uh, we're going to use that money for ingredients that we need to buy. And at the same time, we're going to make more businesses 
that will make her more businesses and more businesses. Mm-hmm. So she reinvests a portion of the capital back into the business. Exactly. So I guess that you learned how to do this, then you taught her, she learned from you. I suppose the next step would for her to get someone else as a helper and teach that person and outsource part of the work to free her yes. up to do maybe more things, like maybe go around to other classrooms or even at one point other schools and take additional orders. It's brilliant. Exactly. It's brilliant. I love it. It's a mobile, custom-delivered, cold-stone ice cream business for 10-year-olds. It's amazing. (laughs) And the thing is, we don't have to make like 10 ice creams and sell, try to to look for customers who will buy the ice cream. It's already Mm pre-ordered. So it's people who have already put up their hands and committed to purchasing, and then you just fulfill the orders. But actually, this is a very good lesson for anybody in business. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or if you're a full-grown adult, any industry. If you're able to take orders before actually completion, then the amount of wastage or stress on loss of the goods is so much less. Like I come from a hospitality background originally, and I look at the amount of food and amount of product that would be ordered in to a restaurant or a hotel, and then the pressure to make sure it goes before this perishable good expired. It puts a lot of extra stress, and you have to be very, very careful with the margins. But the way that you two are doing it, it sounds like a a much smarter idea. Yes. (laughs) Very simple ice cream business. Yeah, it's a business model that can work for most products and services. Yeah, like what you said. So, Clara, I know we've talked a lot about books and about self-development. Can you just tell me, kind of, every year, how much time or how much money do you usually spend on yourself for self-development? How important do you think it is? Very, very important. Um, I spend four to $5,000 a year attending seminars, workshops, buying books, and... Uh, uh, recently, I enrolled in a business school here in the Philippines so to get my business certificate. That's a significant amount as well. So, so then last year, I spent more than $2,000 for my education in India to get my yoga teacher training. So give us an understanding. $5,000 US dollars in the Philippines, what would that be equivalent to purchasing in the Philippines so people can get an idea of just how much money that is? Oh, it's already a down payment for a flat here in the Philippines. So basically every year you spend the equivalent of buying an apartment on self-education. That's fantastic. And if there's someone there who thinks that it's a cost, that there should be a budget for educating yourself, for investing in yourself, then probably there should be a paradigm shift for that person because investing in yourself is not a cost. It's not something that you put a budget on it's an investment it's something that you can take with you for a really really long time it's it's something that your children and children's children can inherit that makes perfect sense i think that a lot of times the catch-22 that people have is to invest in yourself you need to have very high self-esteem because really that's what it is if you have high self-esteem then you will see putting money into yourself as a good investment. But if you have low self-esteem, you won't spend that type of money on yourself. You'll try to use it to do other things, maybe for entertainment or fun or to try to make yourself feel better. 
But exactly. the funny thing is when people go forward and the more successful you are, the more people spend on themselves for self-development. But the funny thing is that those people are the ones who actually probably, they need it the least because they've already spent so much, they already have such a, a history or they're already so successful. And the ones who need it the most, actually they spend the least on it. I think that these are some of the big, big differences between, with, for lack of a better word, a poor person's mentality and a rich person's mentality. I think that being rich or being poor is not necessarily just about how much money you have in the bank. It can also be about these types of mindsets, which goes back to our previous conversation. True, true. So true. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So what are some of the books? I know we've talked about one that you've recommended to me that you've just read. What are the recommendations you would give to the listeners, the most influential books that you've had in your life? Give me, give me three books, Clara, straight off the top of your head. Oh, yes. <laughs> Number one, for your mindset, it's for if anything fails, if, if there's an instant where, instance where you made a mistake and you just want to get back up, it's very handy for almost for every aspect in your life, including business. It's by Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Subtitle, A Practical Guide to the Fulfillment of Your Dreams. All right. So this book has helped me a lot in changing my mindset and just trusting and having faith and believing, you know, I'm not going to address um, anything religious here, but just really trusting and believing in yourself, in a higher power, in the universe. There you go. And the second one will be, of course, my hero. It's a book called Guide to Investing by Robert Kiyosaki. I think Robert Kiyosaki is the most named person on this show. It's unbelievable yes. the amount of people that he's influenced um, through his work. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He is unbelievable. What I like about him is that he's not all only, okay, this is what you do in business, 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 you know, this is how you invest, 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 invest. He really emphasizes about mindset. That's what I like about him. Yeah, and mindset is always going to be timeless. Whether the book was written in the 90s, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yes. or if it was written last week, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because mindset will go with us. It's evergreen. It will be there from 50 years ago. It'll go 50 years in the future. Ooh. But something technical, maybe next week it will disappear, uh -huh. especially with the advent of technology and the internet and now moving into blockchain and artificial intelligence and all of these incredible things that's going to displace so much. But I believe mindset is going to be such a key factor going forwards. And Robert Kiyosaki definitely has the mindset for entrepreneurs to head them in the right direction. Yes. So of the Robert Kiyosaki books, which one did you say you Guide like the to best. Investing. Guide to investing. Guide to investing. Yes. Because the one that your daughter was reading is uh, Cashflow Quadrant. I've read this and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course. Yes. Um, most people list Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I believe, as their number one, as the introductory book to entrepreneurship. So what do you like about Guide to Investing opposed to some of his other work? It's almost a step-by-step -step guide to building a large-scale business. I decided to go for the project that we are making now because of that book. Like what I mentioned, it 
teaches you to have a strong mindset at the same time. It teaches you to make sure that you have the right team, especially for the core of the business. You need to have the best corporate lawyers, the best accountants. You need advice from the best tax lawyers in the country or wherever you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I have been trying to apply. I, I believe I've mentioned that earlier in the earlier part of the show, that I made sure that we have the best corporate lawyers, tax lawyers, accountants in the industry. These are your core team. He is uh, very adamant on finding the best people and paying them uh, the most amount yes. of money, which actually, the oh, yes. first time I read that, it made no sense to me. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And that's what I had started to do. And it was incredible, the the shift. If I look at two people and I can pay one guy for $10 worth of his experience, or I can pay another mm -hmm. guy $1,000 for that type of experience, when you mm -hmm. make the shift and you start paying the bigger money, now, of course, you need to be, you have to understand that he's charging that for a reason and make sure that that's true. Sure. But when you do start releasing that extra money for professionals and for experts in their field, mm -hmm. wow, it's just incredible what can happen. Exactly. Again, leverage on other people's time and other people's talent. That's how capitalist uh, the capitalist mindset is, according to Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I have been trying to apply as well. So we have one on faith and beliefs, believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Another one on financial and entrepreneur mindset. What would be your third book to round out the list that you would recommend to other people, Clara? Okay, it's called Buddhism for Busy People by David Mitchie. Again, this is nothing. Spiritual. It's more of a philosophical book for every aspect of your life. Practical applications for every aspect of your life. So how you're going to stay intact when, thing, when everything around you is just crumbling down. How are you going to deal with that? And it's one of the best books that I have read that has influenced me a lot as well. It sounds amazing. Yeah, the subtitle, Finding Happiness in an Uncertain World. Finding Happiness it's, in an Uncertain World. Yes, it's not only about your spiritual life, your personal life. It, everything in the book is also applicable to business and how are you going to de deal with failures and mistakes. There you go. So what is your opinion on failure? I think there's a difference between mistake and failure. A mistake is something that you learn from. Failure is something that happens to you and you dwell on it and don't do anything about it. So you see a difference in the grammatical aspects of the word and how people can relate to it just based on definition? Yes. <laughs> it's always about how you're going to deal and how you're going to move forward after a mistake or a failure. Okay. It's always about that. It's always having an equanimous mind, meaning whatever you are confronted with. If you have an equanimous mind, meaning that you extract the learning experience from a mistake or a failure, that's what's going to matter the most at the end of the day. So how do you do that? I do yoga a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so reflection. <laughs> I do yoga and meditate a lot. You know, Why? okay. 
again, this is not only for spiritual purposes, meditation. You've seen Tony Robbins? He's in his videos. He meditates in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people meditate as well. Maybe not for spiritual reasons, but I meditate because, you know, for example, your computer has so much data in it. What happens? Has so much files in it. What happens? Uh, if it has too many files in it, I suppose it slows down. Exactly. So same with your phone. If it has too much pictures, videos, uh, application in, in it, it hangs, it slows down. So it's the same thing with our mind. If we're constantly overthinking and analyzing things and we don't sit down and just make space for our minds, we're not going to be able to function well. We're just going through life dragging ourselves every day to work, to school, probably for students. This is something that I'm going to need to learn more from you about because mm -hmm. my life is just go, 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 nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, years on end, taking that little bit of time to reflect or to meditate um, probably would help me quite a bit. If I wanted to start meditating today, what could I do? How would I do it? simplest way to meditate is to sit down comfortably and take three conscious breaths. Close your eyes and just take three conscious breaths. Just watch your inhalation and exhalation three times. That's it. And you'll feel that for that 10 seconds probably after. You'll feel a difference really. And if you're able to do that for 10 minutes each day, then you probably will be able to change your world, <laughs> change your life. <laughs> I like the sounds of that very much. I was just following along with you. I closed my eyes and I started doing some deep breathing. It's very nice. Very nice. Okay, Clara. <laughs> so let's say I come over to the Philippines and we're sitting in Palawan mm -hmm. and we're at your beautiful new resort and we're drinking maybe like a fresh coconut like straight off the tree and, and there's yeah. no one else around and it's just us and we're drinking this coconut mm -hmm. and I lean in and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. Clara, what's the one big secret to success? I'm not going to tell anyone. I, ju I just want to know. Like, <laughs> like, pretend that there's no one listening right now. What's that one big mm -hmm. secret? Believe in yourself, believe it's going to work out. For those who are spiritual, believe that the universe is going to support you. Believe that there's a higher power who's always going to help you. Believe. Believe in your dream. Clara, it has been such an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've learned a lot and, and you really made me smile today. If the listeners want to get a hold of you, if they want to follow you and your progress on the businesses, where should they reach out to you? First, Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Mikhail. It's really an honor to be in your show. And uh, if you want to have any idea of what we were talking about, the resort that we were talking about, just go to www.saltandskyresorts.com. That is our website. And my personal Facebook page, it's Vegan Yogi Clara. And my Instagram account is linked there as well. Yeah, vegan yogi underscore Clara, right? Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Clara, and I'll let you get back to work, okay? You have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you, you too, Mikhail, and I'll see you soon. 
Okay, I want to read you the reviews from the back of the book that some massively famous people in the international living space have wrote for me. See if you recognize some of these names, okay? So Gregor Gregerson says, In Expat Secrets, Mikkel elegantly describes the many benefits that accrue to those that choose their country of residence and provides practical and timely tips and examples for doing so. This book is a game changer. Leif Simon says, Having lived and worked overseas for more than a quarter century myself, I've seen expats make every mistake under the sun. Save yourself time and energy and learn from someone who has actually done it. Expat Secrets is the book to get you started in your international journey. Edmund John says, Having incorporated hundreds of companies for my clients over the last seven years, this book is very helpful for those that are starting out. And Michael Cobb says, a huge thanks to Mikkel for clearly written, concise description of the international experience as lived by a true globetrotting pioneer. Especially refreshing is the chapter on the benefits of raising kids overseas. As the father of two third culture kids, I can personally assure you that no education expands the mind more than growing up overseas. And my good friend David McKeegan wrote the foreword to this book. But I will let you read that yourself when you go to Amazon today and you purchase your copy of Expat Secrets. Thanks, guys. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.